Hi, this is Mark Graben. It's episode 22 of Lean Blog Audio. It's Thursday, February 19th, 2015. Today's post is in the Throwback Thursday series, and it's titled Paying Attention to Small Details. And on these Throwback Thursday posts, I've been looking back at uh, a post that I wrote years ago and uh, kind of reflecting on it, thinking back uh, and, and, and adding some new thoughts. So if you go to leanblog.org slash audio 22, you can see all of the links and everything that I, I reference in this post. And as a bonus, you get to see a baby picture of me. That's the, uh, the, the furthest throwback Thursday picture I have, basically a, a thoughtful looking little baby, perhaps. But um, back in 2011, I wrote uh, an homage of sorts to In-N-Out Burger. And you know their, their food is awesome, um, but I think more importantly, they, they, um, they treat managers and employees with respect and they pay attention to details. And you know, one such example is something I wrote about uh, the simple error proofing of their trash cans, where um, they've made sure that the trash can hole uh, is not big enough um, to throw in their uh, plastic baskets. You can only throw in the paper, any food waste. And I've got a link to that post about their error proofing um, again, at leanblog.org slash audio 22. Now, recently, I've seen many examples where businesses really aren't just aren't paying attention to little details like that trash can and in and out. And when you see little things going wrong, it, it makes you wonder about the more important stuff. You know, one example from healthcare might be the story from uh, Cleveland Clinic that I blogged about where patients told the CEO that there were dust balls under the beds in patient rooms. And it begs the question, you know, why don't staff notice these things or why don't they have better standardized work for cleaning the patient rooms? So what are some of the other problems I've seen in just the past two weeks? Now, one is kind of reminiscent of the in and out error proofing. A reader reported a problem from a different sandwich shop chain where she could not throw away um, a salad bowl at um, this restaurant because the bowl didn't fit into the trash can when it should have. That's the opposite of mistake proofing. So, um, you know, it makes you wonder, how does the sandwich shop chain not think of that little detail when designing a new product uh, they call uh, a bowl witch? Um, again, it's just, it sounds like a salad, but, you know, will this problem now get fixed in some way with this new product? Are they going to somehow change the bowl or change their trash cans, or are they just gonna keep apologizing the customers via Twitter? Second example is uh, Lean Blog contributor Chad Walters shared a picture um, with me on Twitter from his gym location. It's just a picture of a um, unlabeled green liquid in a spray bottle. And, and Chad tweeted um, in the direction of Gold's Gym, what's in this bottle? What is it used for? Um, how about a label? Uh, what if it's an allergen? So great point. Great questions by Chad. You know, it's a pretty consistent workplace rule that containers and bottles must be labeled with their contents for uh, a number of reasons. Now, I doubt anyone there at the gym was going to think that bottle uh, is, is full of water or a sports drink, but it seems like it should still be labeled. Um, there are OSHA laws about this in the United States regarding secondary containers. Now, there are exemptions for containers that, quote, remain in the direct control of an employee for a short period of time. But that doesn't seem to be the case here. It was an unattended bottle that was left alone. So in healthcare organizations, little details get missed all the time. You know, I wrote Tuesday about my primary care physician posting a sign about their new 
you know, always bring your insurance card each time policy. And, and there was a sign in the exam room, which was way too late in the process for that to be helpful. You know, they had already informed me of that new policy at the registration desk when it would have been better to tell me about it on the phone. And, you know, I had to make a separate trip down to my car and back up. I wasn't feeling good. Okay, end of complaints. But before I realized that my primary care physician had a cancellation that day, I tried first to use a local urgent care facility. Now, my wife had the flu a few weeks ago, and she was impressed with how she could get get in line virtually via the web and then wait at home instead of in the waiting room. And she got a text message that said basically, hey, we can see you in 15 minutes. And, and she came on in. Now, I tried that on Monday, you know, thinking I wouldn't be able to get into my regular doctor. And there was a message on the website first that said the wait was 77 minutes. And then when you click through, there was a conflicting web page um, that, that had a really confusing message. It said both um, we are accepting online check-in. You can reserve your spot now. And again, you can see a, a screenshot of this at, at leanblog.org slash audio 22. But then it also said on that page, we cannot allow scheduled appointments at this time. You can, but we can't. And there was no button to click to reserve. So I guess they were saying basically, eh, we're not taking appointments right now. But you know, all in all, it seemed really badly designed and confusing. Um, it didn't say anything about, well, you should check with us tomorrow or, or call us or, or what to do. So I called the urgent care center and the woman who answered said I couldn't make a reservation because the wait was too long, which seems to defeat the purpose of the online virtual waiting system. Maybe it was because they were going to be closing in two hours. And, and maybe that makes more sense that the wait would have extended them beyond the end of their working hours. But maybe it could have said that on the website. So when I suggested to her that the website was really confusing and had some nonsensical and conflicting language on it, she sighed and she said, yeah, we know. Now, that's the type of frustrated sound that you hear when an employee hears about the same problem all the time and they can't do anything about it. And if they're not getting a response from their leaders, they're on the front lines. They are taking those complaints. They're the ones being, in a way, annoyed by the annoyed customers. You know, it reminded me of a separate blog post that I wrote about of uh, an airport bartender who was crabby at me because I pointed out a broken bar stool that never got fixed. So, you know, it makes me think now to the urgent care leadership. You know, one, how does somebody there not get this fixed, the web page and their process? Or two, how does the provider of the website, um, the, the third party vendor, not provide a better system to their customers? And it often begs the question, you know, do they not notice or do they not care? And, and coincidentally, I, I saw an exam, uh, episode of Bar Rescue um, from about two weeks ago where John Taffer, the host and bar expert, asked that exact same question of a bar owner. Do you not notice these problems or do you not care? And I think many times people just don't notice. Now, my, uh, another example here recently, I went to get a new prescription for some pr prescription sunglasses. I booked an appointment with an optometrist who was attached to my local eyeglasses store. And, you know, while I was waiting, um, there was a lot of waiting room time between steps in the process, which is a different issue. There was this overhead music system playing. But the music system was repeatedly playing a promotional announcement about how to subscribe to that digital music service instead of playing actual music. It repeated about every 60 seconds and it started to get really annoying really quickly. And I thought, do they not notice this or do they not care? And I finally went and mentioned it to somebody who, who looked like a store manager. And she said, oh, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, we, we just tune that out, I guess. 
So, you know, it makes me wonder, how do we create organizations where people do notice little problems? And how do we create an environment where things get fixed? Final example. There's a local museum near us here in San Antonio called the Witty Museum. Now, for at least a year, if you try to visit their website without a www, if you just type wittymuseum.org in a browser, you get an error message. It says, please come back later on a, a blank white web page. But if you go to www.wittymuseum.org, the web page works fine. This is just a simple web configuration issue. And you know, I figure this glitch is costing them some web traffic. They might be losing some visitors, memberships, or donations as a result of this simple web problem. So as a member of the museum, you know, I felt obligated, obligated to email a staff member and tell them about the web glitch. You know, it's easily fixable. It's a question of whether you forward or don't forward non-WWW traffic to the main www.woodymuseum.org website. And the response I got back via email was basically, yeah, we know that's a problem, but it's going to get fixed when our website gets redesigned. Now, that's a false choice. They could fix the WWW issue today very easily and then do a website redesign. These are two separate issues. So I guess sometimes the answer is, sadly, they don't care. So thanks for listening. Again, go to leanblog.org audio 22. There's links and, and pictures and, and the tweets that I referenced here in this audio post. I hope you're enjoying the audio blog series. If you'd like more information and if you want to subscribe to have these, for example, get automatically downloaded onto your uh, iPhone or other device, go to leanblog.org audio. Podcasts are sponsored by Kinexus, where we're passionate about helping the world improve and innovate more effectively with our web-based software. Learn more at www.makeimprovementhappen.com.